Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. How's everything in uh, uh, beautiful uh, Illinois this morning? Hell, uh, you know what? It's finally going to be sun uh, Sunday uh, today, so I'm going to get out on the bike, do some uh, vlogging, doing a review on a helmet. Uh, these modular helmets, a company sent me a helmet to review, and uh, it's actually a pretty good helmet, man. Uh, yeah, I've got a I've got a modular helmet. I wear periodically, usually if I think there's going to be hail. <laughs> <laughs> And what do you think about the modular, man? Uh, you know, so far I've noticed it's great up to speeds to 55 miles an hour. After that, you got to clip that uh, face mask down. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. And and also, you know, if it doesn't have it, some of the helmets have really good venting and some of them don't. And what happens is if you've got that visor down all the way, is is you start fogging up inside, you know, and it's like, well, that's no fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so, yeah, if it's got good venting, usually along the chin and sometimes along the uh, forehead itself, uh, it seems to seems to stay pretty clear. Right. Well, this one that they sent, it has uh, the vents at the bottom and the chin, like you were talking about. They got them at the top of the head, and they also got the exhaust vents at the back. Uh, yeah, so, you've got to have that. And it's an anti-fog type of deal. And what's even, you know what really surprised me was this helmet only costs like 59 bucks, but it's built like a bell. I couldn't believe it. Well, I couldn't. You know, and that's always important. Not only not only the construction of it and the cost of it, but the weight of it. Because mm. there's a lot of really great helmets out there. But uh, sorry, I'm not. I don't have four, five, six hundred dollars to spend on a helmet because helmet manufacturers will tell you that there's a shelf life on those helmets. Um, um, they're only good for X number of years, and it's under five generally. And if you drop it even one time, you're supposed to replace it. Well, that's something I didn't know right there, man. I learned something. Of course, you know, I haven't wore a helmet until up to this year. I've been going 25 years, and I've never wore a helmet. Until, you know, getting into this business, I started seeing, man, look at all the wrecks. And you start seeing that stuff. It's like, man, I'm getting older now, man. I, you know, enough with that rebel crap. I'm putting the helmet on. 
Well, yeah, my my last uh, my last wreck was about twenty years ago, and um, uh, riding without a helmet. And um, uh, the doctor in the emergency room, after they air flighted me in, uh, said you came within about a quarter of an inch of brain damage oh, on that man. left side. That that's all I needed to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, I wear a helmet all the time because heaven knows I'm brain damaged enough without adding to it. Right now, do you wear a full face or uh, modular no. or uh, half? I wear a half helmet ninety uh, percent of the time, and um, you know uh, that's the other thing is is if uh, if a friend of yours is in a wreck and they're wearing a helmet, do not remove the helmet. Leave that to medical professionals. Although that being said, a helmet can be through. You know, um, uh, the the problem with with taking off a helmet. Mm-hmm. But we lost Judge there. Uh, let me uh, get him back real quick. Uh, we'll be. Oh, re- yeah, you there? Yeah. Oh, you went somewhere. <laughs> oh well, south for the winter, but that's over. So right. Um, yeah, let a medical professional, an EMT or somebody, remove the helmet. Uh, they can be x-rayed through, um, uh, but most hospitals won't do that. But uh, let a medical professional do it because what they will do, generally speaking, before they remove the helmet is they'll stabilize your neck. Because if you remove a helmet wrong, you could break a neck that, you know, was maybe only had a hairline crack, and uh, then, then the person is uh, much worse shape. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So now, leave the helmet on your brother if he's just wrecked, and uh, let the medical professionals handle that helmet. I used to; they used to have these little yellow stickers that said "Do not remove this helmet in case unless you're a medical professional." And and I knew guys that put it on the back or the sides of their helmet, and I said that's stupid as shit. I said put it on the very top of your helmet because no matter which way you're laying, they can see that. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have a problem with the half lids? Because I noticed I did. Because uh, me, I just went to the modular ones. But uh, with the half uh, lids, do you have a problem with them blowing upwards when you're on the bike? Not generally, no. Um, um, I, I get the ones that are that are fairly uh, uh, aerodynamic, and and uh, um, I, I can't think of the name offhand, but. Uh, uh, the one that I wear most of the time, I never have a problem with it riding up. And part of that is because it's got a built-in small visor that only sticks out about an inch. If you've got one of those uh, three-snap bubble-type visors, oh, that sucker's like a wing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and some of the uh, some of the German-style helmets, they they have a tendency to want to ride up as well. So. Uh, no, I haven't had a problem, but again, I can't think of the name of the helmet I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's when I was I was having problems with a half lid uh, beanie rising. Even if I was putting bandanas hats on, it would still rise. Uh, yeah, skid lid is what I've got. Oh, okay, skid lid. Uh, you know, I actually did a poll in the group, and uh, by the way, if you guys haven't joined Bikers and Brotherhoods, Judge got that sucker going on over there. Uh, it's independent only. No talk of club colors over there no talk clubs nothing like that this is about the independent biker lifestyle over there and uh you know he has some great rules over there and i really think those rules is what made the group grow uh so none of that stuff over there and uh especially don't be posting our stuff on that group uh because if you want to 
because you guys know that we do a lot of motorcycle club stuff go on our profiles and do that stuff and leave it alone over at bnb but uh you got that thing going on over there but we did a poll over there and i was surprised by how many people actually wore helmets you know, I thought, it, well, you know, it was, uh, you know, the way people make it sound is, you know, the right to choose, which I agree with, you know, and I equated that to, well, people don't want to wear helmets, but there's a lot of people that wear them. Well, when you, when you stop and think about it, regardless of what speed you ride at, whether it's 40 or 100 miles an hour, the only thing between you and either permanent brain damage or death is air. <laughs> okay and i'm saying okay if i can put it on that cost me 50 or 60 bucks and it can keep me from uh being either dead or or drooling uh for the rest of my life and and not knowing who i am uh you know what that's a small investment to make and and now i also want to say if you're a parent who's buying a helmet for your kid, buy the best helmet available. Don't buy them a, a $40 helmet uh, that's not DOT approved, even though DOT really hasn't done any approvals in years. Mm. Um, but, but you know, don't buy them a cheap helmet. You get what you pay for. Um, and it's the same as, as parents who are keeping their kids out of tackle football with a quality helmet. Right, right. Now, uh, well, you bring up a good point there uh, as far as, you know what, I'm scared to death of my kids riding, and uh, I guess I'm a hypocrite, I guess. But, uh, you know, it, it's just changed so much out there because when I started riding, it was a little different. People were actually watching out for bikers. Now they've got these texting, they got on their cell phones. They didn't have any of that back then, so people paid a little bit more attention than they do now. Well, and each decade, there's, you know, a disproportionate number of new drivers out there, you know, and, and I mean, when I started riding, you could ride on a major freeway in Dallas in 68 or 69, and, and there was never any huge backups or any problems like that. And now you can't find a freeway or a major used secondary road that aren't just horrendous with traffic i mean there's one road that i've figured out in the eight eight and a half months we've been in south carolina there's one road here i am never going to ride because there's fatality wrecks on that road every single day so i said okay note to self stay off of white horse road <laughs> <laughs> well another poll i put up in the group was about you know because this morning i just released uh you know, our daily biker angle segment uh, with uh, going on the news and stuff like that. And one of the news stories, and this has been all over uh, social media, is how a woman died because she was in a pack and a guy in front of her slammed on the brakes because he saw grass clippings. Yeah, it was her husband. Oh, oh man, I can imagine how he feels right now. Do you think, oh, yeah. uh, you know, all this uh, talk of grass clippings is making these new riders paranoid? And uh, you, I, I just can't, I, you know, us, we just go around it. You know, it was, you know, I, I hate to see them riding the rain then if they think grass clipping's dangerous. Well, yeah, the only time I've had an issue with grass clippings was if they were out there early in the morning when there were, was dew on them, so they were wet, and it was in a curve. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only problem. I mean, I remember riding through southern Pennsylvania in the fall, and I got out early one morning. I was traveling across, so I I was at a motel. But I got up early, and there there were the triple. I had triple things to think about. There was fog in the area, so rubberized stripes on the road and fog do not mix. They're like ice. Oh yeah. Now you add wet leaves on top of that. Um, it was it was a dicey ride for about an hour and a half, mm. but I was prepared for it. Um, uh, I did a, a lot of riding uh, off road before I ever started riding on road, and I don't mean I was a dirt tracker. I mean I took my Harley and and rode in sand and rode in gravel and rode in wet leaves and stuff because I wanted to know what my bike would do and. Uh, I think there there's a lot of people uh I call some of the sport bike riders knee draggers. And so they're knee dragging through a corner and there's grass out there that may or may not be wet, but bottom line is it's not adhered to the surface so it can be slick. But yeah, I think I think they're other than the fact that I think it's just rude for people to do it. I think if you're a, an aware uh biker or motorcyclist at all, uh, you you just use caution. That's all. Mm-hmm. Do you think all the talk about the grass clippings is making people paranoid, though? Well, probably some of the younger riders, and, and by younger, I don't necessarily mean age. I mean inexperienced riders. Yeah, it probably it probably freaks them out a little bit. <clears throat> At the same point, you know, there are, there was a state recently, and I don't remember which one it was. Uh, and I think you had it on on Insane Throttle, uh, where they passed a law where it was illegal to do that. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, if the police caught you blowing the grass out there, man, they'd stop and you say, "Man, you got to blow all this stuff back on your side of the road." Um, it's rude, uh, but it's it's not a death sentence. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, come on, common sense and the ability to ride a motorcycle uh, should. It, you know, overcome anything like that in the road. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You brought up a great point right there. It just seems like the riders are different now than it used to be. And I think I've been finding that out lately in the last, I don't know, week or so. I actually watched a video where a, an ex-cop gave a lesson on the pros and cons of being in a motorcycle club. Now, granted, he admitted he was an undercover cop, but we actually had him on the show about some stuff, and, uh, you know, we had to release some information and uh, get the word out on somebody, but uh, I actually seen this guy doing videos now, and people are watching him and actually, I don't know, how can you say it, uh, how can I say it? Buying into everything he Buying said. into everything he said. And here it is as an undercover cop that, uh, you know, is making these videos about motorcycle clubs. And I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell is going on with the lifestyle? Well, it's it's changing. There's no question about it. Um, um, like we, we discussed one time before, uh, a lot of these younger, newer riders um, um, look at uh, the Mayans and Sons of Anarchy as uh, as uh, how-to videos mm-hmm. and uh, uh, documentaries instead of what they are, which is is fictional accounts. Um, it's uh, it's sad because uh, some of the new 
age of bikers that are coming up uh, believe that you have to be a tough guy and you have to be a drug dealer and you have to sell guns. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it is. It's changing the landscape of something that, that I hold very dear. Um, um, you know, the, the older guys uh, have the right way of doing it, and the younger guys uh, should uh, hopefully pay attention. But the ones that aren't in clubs or start their own clubs have their own set of rules, and generally it doesn't include anything about no crime. You know, mm, right. Well, you know, it, the subject on pop-up clubs has always been with me. And, you know, I've said this all the time. Well, you want to put on a patch, you better be able to pack, back the shit up. You know, wear what you want to wear. But when it comes calling, you better be able to back it up. Uh, so I was never against, you know, doing your thing because bikers do their thing. But, uh, you know, there's been protocol out there for, you know, decades and stuff like that but it just irritates me when you got creators like that coming on saying well you know the constitution it is the constitution that and i really laugh at that argument because you know what the constitution don't rule the streets man this is the streets when you get involved in this kind of stuff well exactly and and you know it's it's the idea that well the old guys don't know we know how it's supposed to be mm -hmm. well we all had those idealistic uh, ideas uh, uh, years ago in California. You could start a club, but you had better approach. In, in those days, the dominant was uh, red and white. Mm. And you better go to your alliance and, and ask them if you can start a club and show them your color scheme and tell them how many members. And they, it was either yay or nay. And if they told you not to start that club, oh, God have mercy on your soul if you did. <laughs> what do you and and but now there's so many popping up, and I would say ninety eight percent of them aren't going to the dominant and asking if they can. Mm -hmm. What do you say? And to in some that, states, uh, when you got two dominant clubs, who do you go ask? Well, simple answer: both. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to those that uh, run to that argument well this is America we should be able to do what you want and blah 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 oh well it, you know Hollywood it's like freedom of speech you're free to say whatever you want but you also are free to accept the consequences of saying whatever you want um, and it's the same as that yeah fine it's America yeah you're free to start up a club if you want to but you got to be willing to accept the consequences of doing that uh, with the club right <laughs> man we lost judge again you over there well, judge? Uh, yeah there you go I haven't moved <laughs> okay go ahead are we still there yeah we're still on go ahead okay yeah, if if you if you haven't asked permission, and a lot of people say, "Oh, I've had to ask permission my whole life. I'm not going to ask it again." Okay, you have the right to do that. You also have the right to face the consequences for not doing that. Mm -hmm. Right. Exactly. Uh, I I guess with me, it, it, I got to learn from your generation and stuff. And I guess my generation didn't do a good enough job teaching this new one or we're just competing against like you said these stupid shows or you know the rise of social media has put so many ideals in people's heads that they really don't understand like you said the consequences that happen 
Well, that's it. I mean, you know, it's like you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and yet you say, well, that's freedom of speech. Well, yeah, but you're going to pay the consequences for that. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, um, I just read a story this morning about a guy that was kicked off a cruise ship. And he was kicked off the cruise ship because they went to a show, and he was sure they had reservations, but they didn't have their name on the list. So he gets in an argument with this guy, and the passenger apparently was a fairly big guy. And so the little guy called security, and he said, well, you better bring several of them because I'm a big guy. Well, bottom line, he was kicked off the ship in Tortola, and it cost him several hundred dollars to get back home. (laughs) Well, you know, you have the right to say what you want, but you also have the right to pay the consequences. Mm -hmm. Exactly. What do you think about uh, the rise of uh, the law-abiding biker? (laughs) <laughs> well we never had a com- we never had a proclaim that we were law-abiding and now it's like a well it's yeah honor. everybody just assumed especially if you had a three-piece patch that you weren't law-abiding so um the law-abiding biker i, I mean that's kind of like you know i knew a couple of guys that when the booze fighters charter was sold to a, a group in texas i knew a couple of guys that were stopped coming out of bars and then the cops would see booze fighters and thought, oh, well, these guys are AA, and said to let them go. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, way to go, genius. Um, but, yeah. In the meantime, there's know, some man. of the hardest it's core partiers around. <laughs> well, yeah, it's just changed so much that, you know, you, and you can't even keep a scorecard. You know, it's not like following your favorite team where you got to get a program every year because they got so many new players. There's so many new players in the motorcycle club world and, and in the United States, you can't keep up with them all. It's impossible. Mm. Right. You know, doing this, uh, and, you know, I got to know a lot of people, so I get a lot of clubs that say, hey, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over? And it's like, Guys, man, it's just not the same that I remember, and you know, I just I wouldn't be able to give one hundred and ten percent, man, because I don't feel it anymore like I used to, and it's just too different now for me. Well, plus, uh, at least in my experience, uh, what you run into too is trouble with the prospects for that club. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, the minute they've got any part of that patch on, well, now they're trying to prove themselves to their brothers. So. While their brothers may be very nice and easy to get along with, it's the prospects that you're going to have problems with in some cases. Don't get me wrong. Not all cases, but there's always one hothead in the group. Mm. Um, I had a problem with that when I visited the dominant club in Dallas in 1968, and they had uh, one guy that was just in my face for no reason. And finally, the former president, who I had known when he was president, but he was just out of prison, and he pulled this guy aside, and I don't know what he said to him, but all I know is that guy was buying me beers for the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, another thing that I do uh, is I always caution, because I get a lot of those, and I'm sure you probably do over at the group, is, uh, you know, how do you do this, or how do you approach a club, this, this, and this, and I always tell them, you know what? Join a riding club or join a bait, man. You don't need to go join a club because most of you ain't ready to join a club. You know. Well, yeah, we we, we had a guy ask, and he was a new rider, and I said the last thing you need to do is be in any kind of a group right now. Mm-hmm. You know, 
you need to get good at riding, and they will generally ask you if you want to ride with them, if it's people you like to hang with. Um, uh, yeah, that's the problem is, is, you know, the last thing you want is riding next to, in front of, or behind an inexperienced rider. Mm. You know, that, that's just, uh, that's an accident waiting to happen. Right. And a lot of people don't understand to be a biker, you don't have to wear a patch. You know, yeah, we're club yeah. activists and stuff, but you don't have to be a patch, people. <laughs> be a biker. You know, being an independent is actually fun. I have more fun as an independent because I do what I want when I want. There's a lot more structure in clubs and stuff. It's more of a family unit. And if you can't put in the effort or the time, then you shouldn't be around. But being an independent is great, man. The parties are awesome. Well, yeah, and especially especially if you're talking about or thinking about an outlaw club. I mean, that is that is 100% commitment, and most people, frankly, are not qualified or able to give that kind of commitment. So rather than starting something that you can't finish, you maybe want to rethink it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, what kind of stuff that really makes you shake your head being, uh, you know, one of the co-owners of Bikers and Brotherhoods, uh, what stuff really makes you like tilt your head, man? With some of the stuff people say. Well, you know, uh, most most of it is when somebody gets twisted off about somebody. You know, it's a an experienced rider uh, uh, attacking a uh, an inexperienced rider, saying, "Well, maybe you need to do," and, you know. And you know, the first thing I do is delete their comment. Now, if they persist in that kind of attitude, I just delete them. Um, but yeah, I, I would say for the most part, I've been very, very pleased because we'll have a, a young person or an inexperienced person come on and ask a question, and generally speaking, I'll have anywhere from eighty to a hundred people trying to help them out with good advice, and that's that's the older school uh, uh, working with these younger riders or newer riders, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think one of the scariest things is is when you get a guy that says. Well, I'm back riding again. I haven't ridden in 40 years. Well, don't suppose that the riding situation out there is the same as it was 40 years ago, because it's not. It's changed. Like you talked, all the new distractions they have. And um, here in in South Carolina, for example, uh, a double center line is uh, apparently just a suggestion. And... uh, uh, stop signs also uh, uh, merely a suggestion and and so you just have to assume if i'm going around a corner i need to move to the right side of my lane because there's probably some jackass coming the other direction who's not paying attention mm-hmm. and uh, same with stop signs you see a stop sign i inherently slow down and make sure they see me uh before i proceed through but um, I would say overall, I think our, our group at Bikers and Brotherhoods is headed in the right direction. We've got a lot of really helpful members from all over the world. Right. And that's what it is. It's worldwide, too. Hopefully, uh, to get to the some point where, you know, they start uh, organizing rides and hanging together and stuff like that. Because after all, that's what bikers are about. <laughs> Well, yeah, and we're starting to get guys that'll post flyers a couple of weeks out, you know, uh, for people in their state, but also maybe somebody who's traveling who goes, hey, we're not far from that state. Let's go on this, this run. And, and whether it's a, a, a poker run or a charity run or a VFW run, something that's open to all people, participate in it. You know, bottom line is your money is going to a good cause, 
and uh, you'll meet some new people and maybe some people that live right around the corner from you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, so it's, it's a great way to network uh, uh, by, by participating in runs that you either are close to you or ones that you're going to be close to in a day or so. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you mentioned about the the veterans thing, I'm kind of uh, gonna move in a different direction here. And one thing that we uh, talked about uh, the last time was uh, the Agent Orange, and you came up with some uh, new information on that that I it needs to get out there. Well, yeah, um, I mean, first of all, uh, they're now finding that uh, two researchers, I want to say they're at Stanford, but I don't remember now. Uh, before, um, well, uh, before you go on, can you tell the audience what the Agent Orange is for those that don't? Yeah, and, and we called it Agent Orange only because the barrels that it came in had an orange stripe around them. That's how it got its name. Uh, it's actually, uh, it's a herbicide. You know, it, it will, if you spray it over a forest uh, within 24 to 36 hours, there's no leaves left on those trees. Uh, they're, they're just gone. Um, and so it was to take an area that was heavily forested and, and be able to see the enemy um, uh, before they saw you or simultaneously, whatever worked out. Now, the problem is the chemicals that they used um, on their own formed dioxin, and dioxin is a known cancer-causing agent. And what they're now finding out is that it not only affected the Vietnam vets, but it affects fourth-generation males and fifth-generation females. Oh, my God. Um, I buried a brother a couple of years ago that died from the effects of Agent Orange. He's got twin daughters who are approaching the age of 40. So far, they're okay. That doesn't mean that when they get closer to 50, they may, may not be developing leukemia or cancers because of their father's exposure to Agent Orange. So... Uh, fourth and fifth generation out, and and it may be farther than that, but that's how far they've tested it so far. Then, I, I read something, and I'm surprised I didn't know about this, but the Vietnam Veterans Wall Foundation started a memorial program back 20, 30 years ago, and it's every June, and they do this to memorialize people that died as a result of their service in Vietnam, but because they didn't die in country, they're not on the wall. So it's PTSD, it's uh, suicide, it's Agent Orange. Well, over the years, um, they have memorialized 4,000 veterans. Oh, my. And 90% of those, 90% were due to Agent Orange. Now... Let's take it a step further. What did the U.S. government do with all the unused barrels of Agent Orange? Well, one clue is there's a little pristine lake in Oregon. And it's not uncommon for divers to find barrels under, under the water because some people make floating docks out of barrels and one will get loose and sink to the bottom. They have found close to 100 unopened 100-gallon barrels of Agent Orange. What? At the bottom of this lake. Now, the barrels are not leaking at this point, but they have to figure out a way to get them out of the water without them leaking because this little pristine lake is the main water source for the little town. Oh, my God. 
So apparently, at some point, well, we have to get rid of these barrels. Well, let's just drop them in this lake here. And if they did it in one lake, how many others have they done it in? Exactly. Holy cow, man. That is some scary stuff right there. Oh well, it is. And, and I just read about that a couple of days ago, and I was, I was appalled. I was totally appalled. Now, why didn't they burn it or bury it? A lake? Oh, my well, God. Well, you, you can't burn it because what happens is is uh, then the dioxin gets in the air, and anybody within True. breathing radius of that uh, or any plants or, or crops or anything that's within radius of that are now going to be uh, covered with dioxin. Uh, they used to use some of the expended barrels to burn garbage in at base camps in Vietnam. So guys who were nowhere near where they were burning Agent Orange got exposed to dioxin because they were using those as burn barrels. Oh, my God. And, you in know, fact, some of them they used as the barrels at the bottom of a latrine. And, we so, got, and our government's supposed to be so smart and people want to depend on them. Oh, my God. How well, you they get, get something how, that you don't know how to get rid of. It's uh, kind of uh, like uh, uh, expended uh, uh, or uh, expended uh, uranium after they take it out of a nuclear reactor. They store it in mountains. They store it wherever they can. But bottom line, that thing's got a half life of like a thousand years. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's always going to be radioactive for at least the next one thousand years. Right. Right. Well, well gee. That's something that maybe we should have addressed early on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's your government at work, but by God, we will research why uh, tree frogs uh, uh, only have sex once a year at taxpayer expense, but we won't uh, spend taxpayer money to find out what are we going to do with these dangerous chemicals and depleted uranium. Well, did you re what did the locals say about finding this out? Well, they didn't have in the article I read. They didn't. They didn't uh, have any quotes from uh, uh, local residents. But I'm sure uh, in this little town that they are beyond pissed off and 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 scared because, like I say, so far the barrels that they've found are not leaking. Uh huh. But again, they have to figure out how to get those out of the lake. You know. Mm hmm. I mean, the lake isn't all that deep, but at the same point, you know, it's uh, 80, 100 feet deep at its deepest. Um, it, it makes you wonder how many other lakes uh, could possibly have these barrels in them. Has there, has there been an incident uh, rise in different kind of diseases in this town? Have they researched that? Not or? so far. Not so far because the barrels aren't leaking. Mm -hmm. um, but if the barrels start leaking... Uh, then it affects their water supply, and yes, at some point down the road, uh, they'll start having numerous cancers showing up. Mm. And it, and those cancers usually, with Agent Orange, develop, what, decades after exposure, right? Well, it, it depends. You know, like I say, uh, my brother Scott, um, he got into his 50s and had no health problems other than the fact he was diabetic. And then in the course of one year, he had leukemia and cancer. My God. And, uh, well, of course, leukemia is a cancer, but, but I mean, leukemia and different cancers that were spread throughout his lungs, his liver, his kidneys, and his brain. Mm-hmm. Man. That just, 
Well, so, well, something like this brings us uh, like full circle. Uh, I know off air we were talking about it, uh, but the nine eleven uh, bill still you got to beg for them nine eleven uh, responders to get the health care and uh, the compensation they deserve. And I believe you had John Stewart up on the hill. He was going off on Congress, which he should. Uh, why is it so hard for the government? Uh, you know, these people risk their lives. Why is it so hard for them to give them their due? Well, you got to remember uh, the government, as it stands now, uh, wants to spend the money where they want to spend the money. Um, um, and you know, for example, you know, the president couldn't get money to build the wall, and yet Congress, over the last uh, couple of decades has approved funding for walls built in Syria and walls built in, in uh, uh, Israel. Mm-hmm. So we're helping them be, uh, build walls to keep people out they don't want in, and yet we won't protect our own country. So the government is, is intent on spending the money where they want to spend it mm-hmm. and instead of where we were there a long, long time ago, generations ago. They forgot that they are supposed to be our servants and do what we ask them to do. Instead, they're passing laws and, and spending bills uh, that we have no say over. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like, you know, because you're a vet, you fought for this country, do you feel like our government now is just run by maybe five, 600 people being Congress, you know, the inner circle and the beltway, and they really don't care what's going on outside that beltway? No, they they really don't. It's all about them. It's all about re-election. Um, um, there's a there used to be a handful of statesmen in this country. Um, uh, the last one I remember uh, seems to me was from Illinois, and that was Everett Dirksen. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him, "What's the difference between a statesman and and a uh, politician?" He said, "A politician only looks towards the next election. A statesman looks towards the people." Mm-hmm. And and that's the way this government was set up was to look for the you know work for the people. Do not pass any law for the people that you're not willing to follow yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you know, there it is. Right. You know, they don't want us to have guns, but they're protected by guns. They don't want us to have walls, and yet their estates are all surrounded by walls. Um, it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, but we let it slip away generations ago and, and never reined it in. How do you think we get it back? Clean house, mm. um, term limits, um, tell them, you know, you, you tell them in such a way that there's going to be equal term limits for senators, congressmen, and the president, which means two four-year terms maximum. And then you tell them, and by the way, uh, the gravy train stops here. You don't get lifetime medical care. You don't get uh, uh, a lifetime salary. You know, you come up here, you serve your eight years, and you go home and do whatever it was you were doing before you got here. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we, and, you know, term limits is a huge uh, conversation because personally, I believe we fought a revolution to get away from a monarchy, but we created one instead. You know, and that well, is, we did. <laughs> the term limits on the president were passed by Congress. Mm-hmm. Well, Congress isn't going to uh, pass term limits for themselves. So what you have to do is you have to get a minimum of 38 states to say, we want a new amendment calling for term limits. And if you get 38 states to, to request that, 
uh, a confederation of states, if you will, then then uh, then it becomes an amendment. Congress has no say over it because 38 states said this is what we want, and all of a sudden the ones that are in, you tell them when your term is up, you're gone, and for the new ones coming in, here's the new terms. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the problem. But it has to be passed to by the people of this country. Right, and the people of this country ain't involved. Uh, you know, I think that's... Well, <laughs> I, think I don't that's think they the re- know they have the power. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wish it was as simple as an executive order because it would be done tomorrow. But it has to be a minimum of 38 states calling for an amendment to the Constitution for that amendment to get in there. Mm-hmm. Right, and the problem is people won't get involved. <laughs> Well, that's it. You know, it's like it's everybody else's problem. Mm-hmm. Until the damage starts coming. Because personally, I think this country's a, it's really at a breaking point, And I think 2020 is going to spell the breaking point. Well, yeah, because um, um, the, this vitriol that's going, especially against our current president, it's not going to stop in 2020 when he gets reelected. It's not going to stop. It's like people are saying, oh, the polls show Biden way ahead. Yeah, the polls told us Hillary was going to win, too. So what's your point? Mm -hmm. Right, right. (laughs) I mean, she was she was ahead 96 percent to four or something. And it's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe polls anymore. No. I had a boss once when I worked in radio asked, have you ever been polled? I said, no. But Lord knows I've been shafted a bunch. Right. Oh, man. But, you know, the political discourse and I think uh, the cultural discourse is really coming to a head right now. It's it's getting vicious out there with, uh, you know, just, you know, I'm not only talking about the Beltway. We all know what they're about, but I'm talking with regular people now. Oh, yeah, it is. And 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 fueled in large part by the Internet. Mm. Um, People get angry and and then some decide to go out and act upon that anger whereas before you know um uh, when the news wasn't as slanted i think it's always probably been slanted but when it wasn't as slanted as it is now people got their news from either the radio the tv or the newspaper well that doesn't happen so much anymore they get it off the internet and it's not always from a reliable source mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking about you know, that, a, you, you're talking about the internet, and you know I'm glad you have because a lot of us uh, are facing a lot of censorship from these uh, big uh, internet conglomerates, if you will. Uh, they're deciding what should and shouldn't be, and it's really becoming a problem right now. Actually, we're uh, our Monday live shows are switching over to uh, BitTube because it's a non-censorship pr- platform. We can go all out like we used to. I, uh, why isn't the government, you know, the government's supposed to be working for the people. Why haven't they stepped in with antitrust or anything against these big ones? I know they're investigating them for it, but this is unreal where tech, uh, just a few people can influence how elections come out. Well, and, and you got to remember that most of the companies that are doing this are run by liberals. Mm. So this plays into the liberals' playbook. Only feed them what we want them to hear. And and uh, uh, some of the long-time standing conservative pundits who have been on Twitter or Facebook or whatever are now going over to a new platform, which is called Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R, because it's not censored over there. Mm-hmm. And um, 
you know, I'm sure that there will probably be some uh, Democratic person in Congress that says, oh, wow, we, we need to stop Parler because, it, you know, but right now Parler's fairly small. Mm. It doesn't have a whole lot of members yet, so it's not a threat to the uh, liberal uh, uh, politicos. And um, uh, as long as it serves their purpose, it's the same as their stance on immigration. If they give these people all this free stuff, who are they going to vote for? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because, you know, the, now today the Supreme Court is supposed to decide whether uh, that citizenship question can remain on the census. I hope they, they err on the side of common sense uh, because the only people um, – you know that that should be filling out that census should be citizens. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I don't understand. Uh, how uh, it's mind-boggling how a simple question like that. It's like, yeah, we want to know how many citizens are in this country, and they're always fighting on behalf of illegals, man. If you look at Pelosi's district, she lives a mile from one of the biggest tent ghettos there are of homeless people. It, oh yeah, it, it amazes me. It amazes me. People and, don't call them out. And a good percentage of those homeless people are U.S. veterans. Exactly. And it's like, oh, you don't care about them, you, because uh, uh, chances are they will vote uh, uh, conservative. Um, um, you only care about the ones that'll vote for you, because if you want to keep any group of people enslaved and i hate to use that word but but if you want to keep them enslaved you give them free money free food free medical care free education free everything and they will continue to vote for you because they don't realize they're being controlled Mm -hmm. exactly well you know i used to be a blue dog conservative uh democrat you know because i came from a union household uh you know steel workers and coal miners and I always tell people this this part this Democrat party you see is not the Democrat party. I'm telling you, this is far left socialist right there. And when I heard that Joe Manchin out of West Virginia was thinking about leaving the Senate because it just it's a gaboggle over there. Nobody works together, and he's going to go back and run for governor in West Virginia. I was like. That is your Democratic Party, people, was Joe, the guys like Joe Manchin down the middle that actually got something done. Well, exactly. And, and uh, you know, unless the, the next elections next year can get the House uh, conservative, um, uh, nothing's going to get done. Nothing is going to get done. You know what? They ran Um, on uh, saying that they were going to do this, they were going to do that, and all they've done is the stupid investigation after investigation wasting our money. And they'll waste more of it when he gets reelected. Exactly. They'll still still keep going. They're not going to stop. Regardless of the evidence that shows the biggest amount of corruption was on the Democratic side, they're not going to stop. You notice how the um, Democrats always... We, 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 we can look at another uh, six years of, of this BS. Do you notice how the Democrats always project what they do on the others? Oh, sure. Oh, of course. If people don't understand, and this is something they need to, is the Democratic Rep- uh, Party was responsible for the Civil War, Jim Crow laws... All the discrimination that's been going on. You can go to Chicago right now, which has been run for over a hundred years by Democrats, 
And you want to talk segregation? Come to Chicago. It's intentional in Chicago. West side, south side, all African Americans. Uh, it's all split up by ethnic groups in Chicago. And that was on purpose. Well, it, it, it's like when you get back to the abortion thing, you know, and, and I personally don't want my tax dollars funding Planned Parenthood. Uh, and most people are unaware that Planned Parenthood was started by Margaret Sanger, who was a known racist and a known member of the Klan, at least a female member. She wasn't, she didn't wear a robe, but she might as well have. And, and she started Planned Parenthood. And of the 50 million babies that have been aborted since uh, Roe v. Wade passed, uh, about 65% of those have been black. Oh, wow, that's genocide right there. It is genocide. And, and you know, I don't, I mean, if Planned Parenthood wants to stay in business, and here's the thing, we give $500 million a year of our tax dollars to fund Planned Parenthood. And they give thousands and millions of dollars to Democratic candidates. Mm -hmm. Well, hmm, sounds to me like you should be privately funded. And it sounds to me like, you know, maybe you should have a bake sale because we don't want to fund you anymore. But you can't get it through the House. Um, and the only way that'll be solved is if the Supreme Court overturns Roe v. Wade. Which, which, with the justices, uh, you know, I think they're propping up uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg right now. I don't think she should be even on the Supreme Court anymore. And they're doing that because Trump's already got his eyes on the, her replacement, and she's a firebrand uh, conservative right there. She's nothing but for the Constitution. That's what they're scared of. Well, yeah, they are. And, and uh, um, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I, I know that there certainly are instances when abortion is, is called for and necessary. Oh, of course. But those are minuscule compared to just using it because you didn't use protection. Well, that's what I always say is, yeah, rape, incest, and all that stuff is one thing, but just because a woman couldn't close her legs, that's a different story. Well, yeah, and I mean, there's 20 different ways a woman can prevent pregnancy. If she chooses not to, then she, you know, it's like we said about free speech, then you have to accept uh, the responsibility for your actions. And if you don't want to raise a child, my God, how many childless couples are there in this country that have had to adopt from China and the Ukraine and Russia because there weren't available babies here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it only, cost, be. it only costs a dollar for a rubber. Well, exactly. Uh, two, if you want a good one. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, that's that, that's what irritates me about the left's argument. It's always about women's rights. Well, what about the baby? <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, my, my thought is, it's very simplistic. If we declare you dead when your uh, heart stops beating, then aren't you alive when it starts? Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, Illinois uh, followed up with New York with its arcane... Uh, you know, it's just a pandering, and it's not good for the people, I just think. No, and, and I think this, this uh, you know, I mean, I've seen some uh, top uh, uh, doctors saying there is no 
medical reason in the third trimester to abort a baby. There's no medical reason. He said if it was something that was going to affect the health of the mother, we'd know it in the first trimester. If uh, <laughs> if somebody says, well, uh, gee, your baby's going to have Down syndrome, not a reason to abort that child. Mm-hmm. Well, that, you know, that's what ma- that's what makes their arguments even more funnier, especially when it comes. Well, we got to protect the kids when it comes to the gun control. Here you are killing babies and uh, right up to the time of their birth. Yeah, I mean, delivering the baby and then killing it. Um, that's that's genocide. That's murder by any any court's law. That's murder, and and. Uh, you know the the ones like Eric Swalwell that are talking about gun confiscation and and you know whatever. Yeah, good luck, buddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's 70 million gun owners in this country with 300 million rounds of ammo. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think that's one of the reasons why none of our enemies have even tried to invade the U.S. because they know a guerrilla warfare would ensue and they'd lose anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, even Japan said that in World War II. The only reason they never tried a land invasion, because they knew how many hunters were here. <laughs> they knew how many guns. Everybody's got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> the good U.S. of A. But that tells you a lot about uh, their thinking on the left, is they want total government control. And I just can't understand people who support that. Why would you want to give everything over to the government, man? Well, yeah, I mean, let's let, let's look back at a case in Texas, uh, I forget how many decades ago, where they took over the chicken ranch, uh, which was a, a, one of the most uh, lucrative uh, uh, whorehouses in, in America. And they took it, the government, the government took it over. <laughs> and it failed within like a year and a half. And I'm saying, if the government can't make money off whores and alcohol, how in the hell do we trust them to run our health care? <laughs> right. Well, you know, to swing this over and wrap stuff up, do you believe this kind of uh, atmosphere is what is causing a lot of problems, I say problems, in the lifestyle, man, in the biker lifestyle, where oh, uh, people are yeah, just idiots no sometimes. about it. <laughs> I think the big case the government had uh, uh, against the Mongols trying to strip them of their patches, uh, that should have struck terror in everybody because um, if they can get at one of the big five or, or six motorcycle clubs, if they can get their patches, then they can take the others and then they'll start on VFW riders and, and uh, 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 Christian riders and everybody else to the point that nobody could have a patch on their back. So. Yeah, I think it's I think it's changing the whole the whole atmosphere of it. I mean, I'm sure if um, um, a million bikers showed up in Washington D.C., you know, the left would be calling for banning motorcycles. Right. Well, you know, you talked about the Mongols thing. What surprised me is you actually had so-called bikers out there supporting the government's move to take. Well, yeah, I mean. That's that's the problem, you know. Sheep are easily led, and and you know, um, um, thank God there was a, a an appeal, and it went in front of a a more conservative uh, federal judge. <clears throat> but you know, uh, it, it, luckily, it, it all fell under freedom of expression. 
and freedom of expression uh, can can and freedom of speech um, uh, falls. You know that includes club colors. You have a right to wear what you want to wear. Um, um, and I think the government will stand four square behind it, at least for now. I mean, I don't know, but two generations, three generations from now, that they won't pass a law that all motorcycle clubs are, are outlawed. You know, mm-hmm. right. I don't know. Uh, it depends on if we can clean up Congress or not. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, then you got, uh, you know, one thing I really have found funny is the flocking towards law enforcement. I never seen that you know in the early years and now it just blows my mind yeah i know they got a job to do i get it but there was always that line that neither one crossed and now that line is gone well and it's gone in the biker world Hmm. i mean let's face it if you were in a in a uh one of the classic outlaw motorcycle clubs you you went to jail and did your time you didn't rat out your brothers right right they're sure doing it now well yeah save your own skin it's all save your own skin i think that came about with all the different kind of laws that were being passed with uh the minimums where it got out of the judge's hands uh but that just shows a testament and you know what i also you know because people ask well they they're ratting too well you're right they are you know (laughs) i can't defend that Well, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a violent world out there, and, and luckily, uh, it is a small percentage of the total population. Hmm. But at the same point, the more gun control laws you pass for law-abiding citizens, the more the bad guys will rise up in power. Well, exactly. You know, gun control, oh man, that could be a whole nother freaking show right there. <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, you know, that's, uh, what, uh, Venezuela and, and Nazi Germany and all those people did, man. Get the weapons. Right. And if they're unarmed, then we can do what we want. Well, that's what's funny. I, you know, I did a news story last week and, uh, they found a poll of half of the women in this country actually say socialism would be good. Well, because I, I think, and, and this is just ignorance, I don't know if it's the education system or whatever, a lot of people think that the government is paying for everything and they don't realize that we are the government. It's our tax dollars that pay for these things. And so, you know, I mean, uh, Bernie Sanders the other day saying, well, I think the average American would welcome higher taxes. Really, exactly. Bernie? How out of touch are you? Well, exactly. You know, that's Illinois right now. They're making these big pushes for these taxes, and he's got a lot of it through. And they're wondering why a lot of people are jetting out of the state. Oh, yeah. And New York and California. Unfortunately, what they're leaving behind is their illegal voter base. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's, you know, what's even more terrifying is the people that are leaving these states, they don't wise up. They're still stupid and ignorant. They go to the new places and they still vote the same people. Oh, I know. I know. And that's, that's uh, you know, Texas is concerned about that. Colorado's concerned about that. And, and you know, it's, man, I don't know. Uh, I've told you before off air. That's what, that's one reason I'm glad to be the age I am because I'll probably be dead before it all goes to hell in a handbasket. Right. 
Well, Judge, I appreciate having you on, man. It's an awesome conversation as usual. Uh, go over to Bikers and Brotherhoods. Check it out. It's right there on Facebook. It's a great independent group. Uh, you got to start going doing some lives, man. You got to do your lives. I love them lives. Yeah, I, I think of them all the time. And, and, and by the way, we have a lot of members that, that they'll suggest friends of theirs to join the group. And, and I'll look through your friend's profile, and I see pictures of their vacation and their old lady and, and their kids and, and the trucks they drive and all that. I don't see anything about motorcycles. Well, I'm probably not going to let your friend in. <laughs> because... Some people just want their news feed, fed, you know, full all the time. Well, not off us. <laughs> right. You want actual conversations and actual people getting in there and getting involved in the conversation. That's why. Uh, oh, sure. And I, that's I why don't care when, if they're uh, dirt bike riders. That doesn't matter. Right. Well, that's why when that 100 uh, member notification always pops up, I, you know, welcome these members to your group and stuff that Facebook throws at me. You know, I love putting Let's See Your Bikes and stuff, and we get a lot of people with the bikes. It's always full off of that post, man. You get to see bikes there, the boobs, and it's a re I really like the group, man. You're really doing a killer job on it, but it got to get you out there doing lives, man. I think people get kick out of that. Well, you know, I, 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 I want to have a topic. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, because I don't think they want me to do one where I'm just rambling. But uh, 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 so, you know, I, I plan to try and do one a week. And if I get to the point where I've got a topic every week, I'll even make it on a certain day. But uh, right now it's kind of like, eh, what will I talk about this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, rock on, man. I appreciate you having you on the show, Judge. It's awesome as usual, man. Well, Hollywood, I enjoyed it, and of course, it'll drive uh, that other unnamed group absolutely bananas that I'm on with you again. Oh, man, do you like the new logo, man? That We should get use that logo. I was laughing my ass off oh, when I seen that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just absurd. <laughs> I think I, I think my next uh, job is to go out and, and get a get a tattoo of a Facebook group. Oh my God! Could you believe that? I was like, "You're kidding me." <laughs> well, you know, it just shows you, man. There's people that just want to belong. You know, it's it's like you'll see more Harley riders with Harley tattoos than you see Honda riders with Honda tattoos. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> right? Oh man, so you people know somebody sent me a picture of somebody who had a Facebook group logo on it, and I was like, "Yeah, oh my God, he's gonna get his ass kicked." <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, it's like the guy that goes out and he puts uh, the Super Bowl championship uh, uh, tattoo on and his team loses. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, way to go, genius. <laughs> Man. Well, rock on, everybody. You guys go over there and see Judge over at Bikers and Brotherhoods. Uh, it's on Facebook. It's real easy. Go over there, apply. Remember, to read their rules. Those rules are enforced by Judge and Brian, and they're good rules, and that's why that group has uh, been going good over there. Uh, any last words, Judge? Nope, I just appreciate it. And like like you said, we're at 10,400 members now, and uh, we, we gain about 300 a week. Rock so. and roll, man. That's just a testament how good you're doing, man. Well, I appreciate having you on, buddy. All right. It's always good talking to you. Rock on. Well, that is Judge! 
always gotta love Judge, man. He does an awesome job. After the commercial break, I'll be back to close up the show. Talk to you in a second. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machapari, and if you're listening to this, you obviously like podcasts, and you'll probably like music, too. On Spotify, you can listen to all that in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the Motorcycle Madhouse, the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you never miss an episode. Download episodes to listen offline whenever you want and wherever you are. Easily share what you're listening to with your friends via Spotify's integrations with social media platforms like Instagram. And just search for Motorcycle Madhouse on the Spotify app or browse podcasts in the your library tab and follow me so you'll never miss an episode of motorcycle madhouse spotify is the world's leading music streaming platform and now it can be your go-to podcast motorcycle madhouse on spotify and itunes radio Hey, what's up, everyone? Look who I got in the studio now. We got China. How you doing, China? Hello, I'm good. Ah, uh, how you enjoying the show? You're out there, you know, just killing the chat room, man, for me. <laughs> I was trying to keep up. It's not easy, but they all get political, and you know how I am about politics. <laughs> I don't know nothing. Well, you know, before we get into that, I think you're kind of mad at me about that abortion talk and stuff like that, but uh, we're actually going to be, uh, next Monday's show, we are going to get raw over on uh, Monday's show, aren't we? Bit. <laughs> you guys got to tune in to Monday over on BitTube because uh, the I, me and uh, China we're gonna be talking about uh, what swinging. Just a little bit of swinging. <laughs> so we'll get into that. Uh, but what are you mad at me about? I don't know. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a little peeved about this abortion thing. What about it? <laughs> I don't know, Xena's messing with all my cords here. <laughs> we got our pit bull under here. Every time uh, China Dow comes in the studio, the pit bull has to follow her around. But, uh, so, what specifically got you mad? I don't like this thing about this late-term abortion thing. What is that all about? Well, it's disgusting if you ask me. Personally, here's my question to you as a woman. Okay. Yeah, I have a vagina, so I guess that makes me woman. Well, that that it does. Yeah. Why can't you guys keep that vagina closed? Why is it women have to go out there and use abortion as birth control? Well, me personally, that would not be one thing that I would do because I've never had one. But um, I think a lot of women, they're so into this you know, who needs a condom, who needs a condom thing, and I don't understand the point of that, because you shouldn't just worry about getting pregnant, you know, you got all those diseases out there. Right. But, I know a few women that have had abortions, and it really irritates the hell out of me. Well, what was their reason for it? Well, the one specific that I know, she had an abortion because she was pissed off at her husband. Really? 
Yeah, and she told her husband she had a miscarriage. He doesn't even know to this day that she had an abortion. Wow. Yeah, for real. Man, well, well how, what do you think about that argument? You know, I know me and you get back and forth about it because uh, I'm kind of the older school guy with uh, different thoughts with women. But what do you think about the argument uh, about it's about women's health and not the babies? I think it's going to depend on what they mean by the women's health. I mean, if it's going to be a life or death situation with the female then you really got to look at the pros and cons. I mean, I personally wouldn't want to die because I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. But at the same well, well, let me ask you this. There's, yeah. there's been some females out there who uh, got rid of uh, their cancer treatment because they didn't want to harm the baby. So they stopped cancer treatment or did not do cancer treatment because they want, well, that's their choice. Mm -hmm. um, personally, if I had cancer and I was pregnant, I would probably prolong my cancer treatment to have the baby, depending how bad I wanted the baby. Mm -hmm. Right. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't want to die. Well, nobody wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's, I think it's going to depend on the actual situation at hand. Mm -hmm. I mean... I personally would probably put myself first. Mm. Um, I mean, we have two kids we ain't having anymore, so. Right, right. <laughs> I ain't got to worry about that myself. Mm. But I think turning to abortion because, oops, got pregnant and I'm broke or can't afford it. or Well, then have it and give it to somebody that wants it. Mm, right. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, another thing, what about the, you know, the censorship. We are going through all kinds of stuff, and not only us, but everybody else that does these kind of shows are going through censorship real hardcore, and a lot of people are wondering, well, why are you going to BitTube? Again, people, I know I'm going to have to repeat this over and over again, Mondays only over on BitTube. The rest of the time, it's going to be over here, but the BitTube on Mondays, are, like I said, it's going to get pretty raw and, uh, like it used to be. Yeah, well, I don't understand why on YouTube they censor so much stuff. I think it's stupid. We should be able to say what we want when we want. It's our opinions. Mm -hmm. Right. And in order for us to be able to say what we want and basically do what we want or whatever without YouTube getting involved, you got to turn over to BitTube and just then you got a free-for-all. Right. So it's going to take time to get uh, back over there and get it built up for the Monday show, but we will be having the Saturday show over there. But uh, we got a phone call that came in. Let me uh, play that message for everybody real quick. Hey, man, huge fan of the show. I uh, just wanted to put my two cents in on the whole Beast MG. One, I think they're giving everybody a bad name being in, being have an MG cube because anybody I know from around here, you call them a motorcycle gang, they're going to bust your fucking teeth out. Two, when it takes 20, 25 motherfuckers to gang up on two guys that were apparently rivals, that just makes you look like an extremely huge bitch because you can't handle your shit man to man. Anyway, but, you know, I'm a probate right now with a 99% club. Grew around clubs my whole life, mainly one percenters. But uh, that's my two cents, man. Love the show. Absolutely love it. I will continue to listen to all your episodes. But, uh, hey, take care. Be safe. Keep your knees in the breeze, man. You gotta hey, man. Uh got to turn that off again you gotta love the if you want to leave us a voice message like that you can on 847-957-1656 or go over to anchor where our podcast we have a new episode every uh sunday at nine you can actually hit the button leave a voicemail through that 
And I might actually play it on the air. And uh, thanks for uh, calling in, letting us know your thoughts on that uh, B situation. I know it's uh, kind of screwed up down in Texas. And why they're doing it, I have no idea, especially with all the profiling. Uh, it seems kind of ignorant, but, you know, that's the way people are nowadays. And uh, I remember getting the question uh, why I actually put out uh, bad stuff. Uh, against clubs when uh, we report news and stuff. Well, you know, we report news, man. It ain't our fault you're in the newspaper. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it works. <laughs> you make the news, we announce the news. That is what it is. Uh, August 2nd and uh, through the 4th, uh, Chinatown I will be in Black River Falls, and we will be talking about that on Monday, what to expect. Also, we will be at the second annual Crawfish Boil in Durango, Colorado at the end of August. So make sure you guys check that out. But uh, Monday's episode with uh, China is going to be pretty fun, I think. Pretty fun, yeah? Yeah, we say a lot of interesting things. <laughs> well, you know. Talk about freedom of speech. I'm going to have real freedom on that episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll. But uh, with that, everyone, uh, thanks for uh, joining in on the show. And uh, don't forget, Monday uh, through uh, Friday, 7.30 uh, a.m., you got uh, Biker Angle with all the biker happenings around uh the scene and uh every saturday here on youtube we'll have the lives and on sundays at 9 a.m a new episode on all the major uh, radio platforms like spotify and itunes radio we'll catch you later see you guys later well that's it for this week's episode of motorcycle madhouse don't forget to go over to insane throttle's new youtube channel and also get your daily dose of biker news every morning at harleyliberty.com if you haven't done so already go like the new motorcycle madhouse facebook page and until next week i'm james hollywood machikari and remember keep that throttle cracked wide open